I love Casamigos tequila. I love having a glass of red wine just for like, it just looks fancy. That's all. That's the only reason I like it. I love some good champagne and I love a nice cocktail. So hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and ICF certified women's life coach. And I help women to harness the power of their period and connect to their feminine flow. In these episodes, we'll be talking about all things periods, hormones, confidence, health, food, money, sex, business, feminine flow, your brain, energy, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new chicken nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are thinking but too afraid to say. Hello, everybody. So today I am doing my podcast episode with about me questions. I'm so excited to do this. There is so many questions. We're basically just going to see how many we get through. Um, and I'm just going to kind of answer the best ones and leave the ones that don't seem that valuable. If that makes sense. Um, so let me just open up my downloads and we will get straight into it. Okay. So we're gonna, there's so many fucking bots as well, which I bloody hate. Um, all right. So I'm just going to go through like with the first, with the first one that I've got. So the first question is what is your daily ritual per cycle? Um, I'm assuming you mean per phase of my cycle. Um, my morning routine, it like changes and that's part of like being your feminine is not having a really strict morning routine that has to be done the exact same way every day, but allowing it to have flexibility and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, most mornings I get up and I, these days, whilst I'm in London, I will phone a friend in Australia because of the time difference. Um, I'll sit and have a cup of decaf coffee. Um, and then I will, um, journal, read, meditate on the weekends. I'll actually generally like watch some Netflix. I find that really cheeky and really fun and really pleasurable. Um, then I will always do a workout. Like I, especially in isolation, it's like non-negotiable. I work out every day. Um, and it obviously changes depending on where I am in my cycle, um, in terms of whether I'm doing like a, like a slow burn Pilates, or whether I'm doing like more of a, um, like cardio based thing, because I do love doing a mix. Um, especially because I'm not infrared saunering right now because we're in quarantine. I need to be sweating some other way. Um, and keeping that circulation up is super important for your period, but also just for like your overall health. So doing that every day. And then I go and shower and get ready for my day and have breakfast and then kind of get into work. So, um, you know, the things that change is honestly just like whether I read and journal, whether I just journal, whether I meditate, whether I'm like having a big dance morning, whether I'm phoning somebody, I'm just flexible, but like, it's generally like within that, within that range of stuff. Um, and then obviously I get into work and that's kind of my day. So, um, and, and work is different every day. Someone was kind of asked what my average day was. Work is different every day. Um, some days I've got like, you know, pretty much back to back clients like I did today plus meetings. And then I'll have like interviews some days, um, on Tuesdays, I take no clients and I will have like a filming day, a podcast recording day, an admin day, uh, a content creation writing day. Um, so it kind of varies every day with depending on what I'm doing. And then, um, with being in London twice a week, I will have 10 PM clients until midnight. Um, with the time difference, I've got my certification ladies. We do a group call on a Monday night and then on a Friday night, I have my queen alchemy ladies, or if I'm running another program, it'll be that. So that's kind of my daily ritual. Okay. Um, next question. Do, um, oh, okay. Someone's questions cut off, but 
just started following you. You seem so cool. Where are you from? I'm assuming you're saying how old are you? Cause it was how old. And then someone else actually said, do you ever find people judge you for your age? A really good question. Um, if people judge me for their age, they don't let me know about it. Um, so I'm not worried about my age. I'm not insecure about my age because I am young. Um, and I think that's what is what's really important because if I was worried about it, if I viewed it as a downfall, then obviously my clients or my potential clients wouldn't have the faith in me. But I am very open with the fact that I am naturally fucking talented at this shit. Like I am seriously gifted. I believe that I've done it for many past lives and in all my past life regressions, I've been in this area of expertise anyway. Um, and I just somehow am really fucking good at what I do. Um, this is why I'm training up all the ladies in my certification as well to be really good at it. I mean, honestly, guys, I make fucking processes up on the spot and I just trust my intuition and they end up being amazing. So, um, I don't, I don't judge myself for my age and therefore, other people, other people don't. I have had a client once in the past that was that after our first session, she said to me, she said, Monica, I have to be honest with you. I was a little bit worried about the age difference. She was like 40 something and I was 22 at the time. Um, and she was like, but I have to apologize. I have so much respect for you. You are so fucking amazing at your job. And that was just really a moment for me of like, wow, thank you so much. Like for actually saying there was a little bit of worry about your age. Um, but yeah, I am young and I think it's a gift and, um, yeah, I don't really worry about it. Um, I think it's also inspirational. What would you tell your younger self? Oh, this is a good question. What would I tell my younger self? I would probably tell my younger self to not worry about, um, your job. I was that girl at school where I was always like trying to plan my future and at one point I was doing a commerce degree at Melbourne at another at Melbourne uni. And then another point I was going to be a fucking pop star. Another point I wanted to be a lawyer. Another point I wanted to, um, do fashion design. That was actually quite a serious one. Um, I like got into actually like the top degree in Australia for it. I used to be very fun fact. I used to be very, very good at sewing. Someone asked a question about fashion actually in here. Uh, I used to be really good at sewing. I still am like obviously good at sewing. If someone needed me to sew something, I could. Um, I used to like hand bead. I did a lot of internships at with wedding design, with wedding dress designers. Um, and that was like going to be where I went. And then I had my gap year and I realized this is not what I want to do. I actually, the reason why I realized it was I was doing an internship and the guy that I was interning for, his um, assistant said, like he lives with his boyfriend, um, but they haven't seen each other in three months because they're on opposite time schedules, basically, because with the fashion industry, you're just like fucking up at all hours of the day and everyone's, everyone's pretty much doing drugs or like something, like some sort of stimulant to keep you, keep you going. And I was just like, whoa, I do not want that to be me. It's really important for me. Like I've got like this homebody side, which is crazy kind of sad, but like the little things are really important to me. Like, you know, I want to be able to come home and have dinner with my kids. I want to be able to cook my dinner kids. I want to be able to get home at a reasonable time. Um, I don't want to be working at all hours of the day. And that's just really important to me. So that kind of led me out of that one. And then, um, I went down my nutrition path and then that kind of led me to all this feminine energy. Um, met one of my ex-boyfriends now, and he really got me onto this stuff. I've talked about him before. And then the rest is kind of history. So, that's kind of me. So I would tell my younger self to not worry about the future and that it's all going to work out perfectly. I'd also tell my younger self to fucking heal your shit around the feminine. Um, and I also tell my younger self that being a woman is the best thing. And I know that you might not think having a period's amazing, but let me educate you on it so that you can understand how fucking amazing it is. Cause I used to absolutely hate being a woman and I hated having a period. And I honestly just thought like women 
I honestly thought we got the bad end of the stick, to be honest. It was pretty sad. Um, next question is, would you, okay, fucking bots. Would you like intimacy and marriage help? Nope. Um, have I always been this confident? So I've always been quite a confident uh, person. I will say my mom actually kind of like throws this joke around of like, she always wanted her daughters to be quite confident. She always like said that when she was younger and now she jokes, like, I think you guys are too confident. (laughs) Um, that's not possible, but, uh, Annabelle and I are very confident. Um, we, we've naturally been quite confident. We don't really give a shit about what other people think. And I've always kind of had that within me of not giving two shits what others think. And that is definitely a trait that I love about myself is that I don't worry about other people. And I'm really, I'm quite like, I mean, you guys know, like I'm a boundaries bitch. I'm really good at drawing boundaries. I'm not a people pleaser, um, that kind of stuff. So I've definitely always been confident, but I was not always embodied in my feminine energy in a confident way. I was not confident in my sensuality. I was not confident in my sexuality. And I, I didn't have this deep sense of confidence. It was more like, um, it was more like, I didn't give a shit about what people thought about me most of the time, but I also did give a shit um, sometimes, especially like school. And I actually, I will say, I did really care what men thought about me. That was, uh, my wounding was a lot around men, a lot of daddy issues, caring a lot about what men thought about me. Um, and the confidence would have been more around men than women, I will say. Um, thoughts on drinking. So I've gone through my phases of drinking, not drinking, binge drinking, not drinking, drinking when I feel like it X, Y, and Z. And now I'm at a really happy place of when I want to drink, I drink. And when I don't, I don't. Um, so I've done it all. I was a party animal in school. I was a party animal on my gap year. I mean, I did three months in Whistler becoming a ski instructor. So I fuck it. We were in a house with 14 other, 14 other guys. No, sorry. 13, 11 other guys, three girls. So to say there was some raging party was, was an understatement. Um, it was so much fun though. I, oh God, I wish I could go back there and like live that out like three more times. It was the best. Um, so, uh, I drank a lot when I was younger, like 18, 19. And then I stopped drinking for a while. Um, when I was like at the second half of my gap year, I was living in London. I was traveling around Europe and I drank a little bit when I'm with my friends when we were in Europe, but not nearly as heavily. Um, and I basically like stopped drinking for a while because I started feeling so good not drinking. Um, and I definitely kind of got addicted to not having a hangover. I will say like, I actually had such a fear of hangovers because I hated them so much. And I started to like feel how good it could feel not being hungover. So, um, I started kind of like not wanting to drink for ages and then I didn't drink for ages. And then I like started drinking again when I wanted to on the weekends. Um, and it was like for my soul and I've done an IGTV on this actually before of like, or a live on like drinking for your soul. And I now have a rule of like, if drinking is like, if it actually, if I actually want to have a drink and it's going to like elevate my experience, amazing, but I'm not drinking to have fun and I do not drink to get rid of stress. I actually, I will say I have done that once and I couldn't believe I did it, but it was when, um, full vulnerability, it was when I had to cancel my New York event. I think I might've said, I don't know whether I said it to you guys or not. I think it was pretty obvious on my Instagram stories and you guys were kind of loving it, to be honest. I got some good feedback. Um, uh, Casamigos tequila, it does the job. Um, I was so upset about canceling my event. I was so stressed. I couldn't shake this stress from my body. I went to an, do an infrared sauna, sat in there, swept, swept my fucking balls off for an hour. Nothing could get rid of this feeling of stress. And my photographer and my manager were at my house in New York at my like amazing crib. And I walked in the door and I actually cracked open a bottle of tequila. I just poured myself this giant glass and I got pretty drunk. Um, it, it got rid of the stress though. And I actually really 
really needed it. Um, and so I do feel like it was helpful for my soul, but otherwise I don't drink on a regular basis and I don't drink for, I don't drink because I need a drink, um, ever, but I drink when I want to drink because of the whole experience and that like, I want to have more fun. So if I'm out and I'm having a shit time, I don't drink to then be like, Oh, I'll have a fun time. If I drink then I'll just like not drink because I'm having a shit time. But if I'm having a really fun time, I'll drink to have like a more, like more of a fun time if that makes sense. Um, but I also have my hangover cure and my hangover cure is like vitamin B, vitamin C, magnesium. Um, and if you can get, um, some gut right in there and any other vitamins, basically turmeric is also really good. And I have all of them before I go to bed and obviously a ton of water. And then generally I'm pretty fucking good the next day. So that's my hangover cure. And I've also figured out that if I drink when I'm having a lot of fun and I drink for my soul, I don't get hungover for some reason. But if I drink to escape or I drink out of pressure, which I haven't done in ages, I get hungover. So I definitely feel like there's an energetic component to there, which is, it's the same with food of like, if there's good energy whilst you're eating, then it's going to be good energy when you're processing it and whatnot. And you're going to feel good after. And if it's bad energy, then you're going to, um, if you're like hating yourself whilst you're doing it X, Y, and Z, then that's going to be the result that you get from eating. Um, okay. Next one. Next question. That's my take on drinking basically. So drink for your soul. Don't drink for anyone else's pressure, but yeah, I think drinking's fun. Like I love getting a bit tipsy. I love ta- Casamigos tequila. I love having a glass of red wine just for like, it just looks fancy. That's all. That's the only reason I like it. I love some good champagne and I love a nice cocktail. So you know, um, and sometimes it does take the edge off after a big week. It can be really nice to just like take the edge off for a second. Um, okay. Next question. Hi, Monica. You are amazing. Thank you. Very random. I would learn. I would love to learn more about your diet and health tips. Um, okay. I don't really, I mean, that's a big question to ask. Um, someone else asked like, what's your average day of eating or whatever. So I'll just run through that. So basically average day of eating is, um, is and I'll say the one thing with health and that I've really experienced for myself is like stress fucks my body. It fucks everybody's body, but it fucks my body's like no one's business. I get so puffy when I'm stressed. Um, obviously like after my ski accident, I was on a ton of drugs. Um, so that's taken a long time to get through my body a long, long time. And I don't even think they're still, I don't, I don't even believe they're fully through my body yet. Um, so stress is something that like, if I'm stressed, you can see it in my body. Like my face gets really puffy. Um, and my like shoulder upper body gets really puffy. Um, and, uh, um, and then my, and then my average diet is, um, basically I have scrambled eggs in the morning with some sauteed kale, three eggs, a little bit of coconut oil scrambled with kale. Then, um, lunch will be like some sort of salady thing. If I can be fucked to make lunch, honestly, these days I like, I'm so busy that I can't be bothered making lunch. So I'll either, I'll either just like legit make a cacao elixir for lunch and like the coconut milk fills me up. Um, until dinner or I will, um, like just eat like some cucumbers and like some random fucking shit in the fridge, like some, just something to like fill me up to like make the hunger go away. This is the key thing. Like I don't have any sugar cravings and I don't eat any sugar. Um, I've been eating more fruit lately now that we're getting into summer and I'm really enjoying, like I'm enjoying eating fruit, not because I want sugar, but I eat fruit for the pleasure of like the feminine energy and like the juiciness. And I eat it in a very sensual way. It's like a practice for me. Um, but I don't usually eat fruit. Just like I don't eat fruit. I don't eat fruit as like a meal, or I don't eat fruit because I'm like craving something sweet. I don't crave sweet things at all. Since I quit sugar like five years ago, I don't crave anything sweet. Um, so the other option would just be um, like throwing together like I don't know something random for lunch, um, and then I will dinner is usually just like veggies and a meat. Um, 
these days, if I'm cooking just for myself, I'll literally like in the oven right now, I've got a, a pile of veg and I'm just going to throw it in a bowl with some leftover chicken that I did a roast last night with a friend. And I'm going to do a, like leftover chicken and a some avocado and that'll be my dinner. Um, I love cooking for other people though. So if I'm cooking for somebody else, I'll generally do like an amazing meat dish with like a pile of amazing veggie sides. But basically I am very allergic to gluten. Um, I don't do dairy unless I'm traveling. If I'm traveling in Europe, I can do dairy because I'm not stressed. So my digestive system can take it pretty well. Um, but on a day-to-day basis, I do not touch dairy. I do not do gluten. I don't do sugar and I do not do vegetable oil. If I'm traveling, I will do sugar. Like if it's in like gelato or something. Um, but otherwise I don't really do sweet stuff besides like gelato in Italy. Um, and I'll do like fruit, like fresh fruit. Um, and then, um, otherwise no sugar, never any fucking vegetable oil. I do not touch that shit with a fucking, fucking like 10 meter pole. I don't touch that shit with. Um, and then no gluten ever, even when I'm traveling, cause I'm super allergic to it, which is a really big bummer. Um, so that's kind of my like diet, um, health tips. One of my top health tips, like sleep is really important. Plenty of water. I mean, the average ones, um, twisting exercises. I find the fucking best for just like detoxification for keeping your stomach really flat. Um, also I love gut right from ATP. All of my like supplements that I take are on my, on my favorite products page. Oh, I did get asked that question about my supplements, but, um, all those are on my favorite products page that you guys can get. So I will, take some, you know, gut right a couple times a week, um, just to like help my gut stay really good. Um, one of my other health tips, honestly, like for me, my number one thing is like not stressing. Sometimes you need to include a nap as your exercise. Um, because you, if your body's pumping itself full of cortisol, it's not going to help anything. So that's really important. Um, and then also a health tip is that I'm really strong on my boundaries for my job. So, so I don't get my health to go down the drain. Okay. Next one. Um, what were my blocks before starting? Oh, my blocks before starting, I'm assuming like starting my work, my blocks before starting would have been like, um, I hated being a woman. I thought having a period was the most disgusting thing ever. I hated my, hated my period. Um, I had a lot of anger towards men, a lot of like, a lot. I was, oh my God, I was the queen of emasculation. I was very, very cold. And the, I say this to guys now, like if they ask me, like, what was I like, you know, they ask me about like my job and obviously like, how'd you get into it? And, um, I'll say to them, like, I used to be really cold. And he's like, you are the opposite of cold. I'm like, I know, but I used to be so cold back then. And now people describe me as like really, really warm and very loving. Um, but I used to be like so cold and I'm very nurturing now and motherly, but I was like very cold back then. A cold bitch is what I was called. Um, a lot of anger towards men. Um, yeah, a lot of shame around being a woman, a lot of shame around feminine energy. I thought the feminine was weak. Um, like I was all like strong, independent woman kind of thing. Um, I deep down, I like really wanted a man though. Like I wanted to be rescued and that's like a wounded feminine thing. I really wanted a daddy issue. I really wanted to be rescued, but I didn't want to like let a man rescue me either. Like I, I, it was like this, this combination, this push and pull between like damsel in distress and also like, I'm so strong. I'm so independent. Um, so they were like majority of my blocks before starting and I healed them all. And now it's like, I'm like the opposite of that. Like, Oh, anyway, it feels so good. Um, okay. Next question. Um, 
so random, but what do you think about fake tan if there are any negative health effects? So um, I fake tan as well as like lie in the sun and tan. Um, some of you like don't follow this advice at home, but like I'm just going to say it anyway. I don't wear sunscreen. Um, I'm pretty good at flipping like between 15 minute intervals. So I don't get sunburnt. Um, I do get sunburnt though sometimes, honestly, I'm not going to go fully into it, but if you look at like the science and everything, like the amount of shit in sunscreen, um, if you look at the stats and everything since the use of sunscreen, skin cancer only gone up, gone down that uh, over down. And also there's a really good book called, um, Oh, what's it called? I can't remember. And the author talks about, she's an amazing scientist. She talks about also like, you know, um, a vegetable oil basically and like um and damaged dna cells from like inflammation and vegetable oil and shit food that is what causes your skin to get burnt and then for your skin to not regenerate as quickly so like i also not even believe but like looking at the science like if i eat really well and i'm in the sun getting vitamin d and my skin gets darker around you know, summertime and I'm looking after myself with lots of antioxidants, never eating vegetable oil, X, Y, and Z, then, um, you know, I should be fucking fine. So, um, I don't really worry about that, but in terms of like fake tan, yeah. So there are negative health effects. If you're using a lot of toxic fake tan, it's going to be full of xenoestrogens and xenoestrogens bind to your estrogen receptors and they make you have estrogen dominance. It's actually quite common in men, not from fake tan, from other things. Um, and it's really bad xenoestrogens, obviously for men, because they do not want much estrogen in their body. And then if you have too much of it in your body as a woman, that's what leads to like cervical cancer, breast cancer, abnormal cells on your cervix, um, painful periods, sore boobs, blood clots, heavy periods, all that jazz. You do not want excess estrogen. Um, and this kind of estrogen is different from estradiol. Estradiol is like the healthy estrogen for your cycle and estrogen and too much estrogen is, um, is not ideal. Put it that way. So, um, there's a really good one called EcoTan and it's like, um, it's non-toxic. So I'd recommend that one. But also ladies, I want to say like, I sometimes don't use EcoTan. I sometimes use like Centropay. Um, because I also am like a big believer in like, you can't do everything perfectly. And if I'm like taking a pile of supplements to flush my liver out all the time, I'm eating a ton of veggies, I'm exercising, I'm looking after myself, I'm lowering my stress levels. And I do nothing else toxic in my life basically besides when I'm traveling and I'm on a plane and there's like toxic shit on the plane or whatever. Um, and besides like legit some fake tan, my body can handle it. The problem is when people are doing toxic makeup, toxic fucking perfume, toxic household cleaners, they're not eating enough veggies, shit food, lots of sugar, lots of alcohol, their liver's fucked. They've been on the pill. They eat eat, they eat meat with hormones in it and they do fake tan. That's what the problem is. But if you're healthy everywhere else, plus fake tan, you're going to be fucking fine. Um, okay. Next question. Um, what called you into the realm of divine feminine and trauma healing? Uh, it was honestly my own journey. It was honestly like, um, one of my exes, he was like very into the masculine feminine stuff and he triggered a lot of it for me. And like, I have, I definitely have him to think. Um, I was on my journey before that in regards to like understanding women's periods and our cycles. And then I met him and he was like, we actually met at Tony Robbins event. And, um, he was working there and someone stole my chair and I went up to him to like get help. And then we just like had really good banter and hit it off. Um, anyway, and, um, he was really into the feminine masculine stuff and he had a lot of mummy wounds, but like, I thought it was the bee's knees. It was not a great relationship, put it that way. Um, it ended up being a bit toxic. So, um, so what was I going to say? So yeah, he kind of got me into like understanding a little bit of the feminine masculine stuff. And he like, he at least like woke me up to it and kind of made me aware of how cold I was. Um, so then I started like getting more into that. And then obviously one thing led to another. And then, um, 
And then I started to, I got, I got my own coach and I actually just did like a lot of body work and a lot of trauma release and a lot of anger release. Um, and that kind of changed my whole life. And anger release is why I'm really passionate about it was like the number one thing for me. And it still is, especially with me being like quite fiery. I had so much anger towards men, just from like men from like when I was younger, men that abused me, um, just everything, um, that I like had held onto. And, um, I got that shit out and I did a whole pile of other trauma release and it was fucking amazing. And I did a lot of, a lot of visualization work and a lot of, um, different things that I do like in my in-person events and whatnot, um, that have like changed, that changed my life. And obviously like they changed my clients' lives as well. Um, so the, I mean, what called me in was honestly just like, it was all very natural. There was no main thing. It just kind of happened. And then I just was like, this is obviously meant to be, and this is my fucking calling. Um, I can't imagine doing anything else in the world. And I love, I love what I do like beyond belief. So yeah. What was my childhood? Like my childhood was really good. Um, and I actually kind of love this. So, um, I've talked about this before, but like a lot of us think me included, well, I didn't have a traumatic childhood. So therefore I have no trauma. And I think a lot of people also, I used to believe, um, and I remember actually saying this to my mum. I used to believe that I couldn't be well known for anything because I didn't have a bad story that I came out of. I didn't have a a victim story that I got myself out of. If you look at a lot of people like Oprah, Tony Robbins, like these amazing people, they had horrendous childhood childhoods. And it's almost like that, that part of their story is like their selling point. And I didn't have a horrendous childhood. And then I realized actually so many people also don't have horrendous childhoods, like, and they still have trauma and I still had plenty of trauma. And I went to, you know, I had a great family my mom and dad are still together. There was plenty of love in my family. I had, I had so many daddy issues, um, but there was still plenty of love in my family. I never felt unloved. Um, like I never, I never was abandoned, any of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we were very financially stable. I grew up in New York. We moved to Sydney. We moved to Melbourne. I went to great schools, um, all that jazz, but it doesn't mean that you don't have trauma. Like it really doesn't mean you don't have trauma. In fact, I almost sometimes feel like you have maybe even more trauma because you, you don't, you're not consciously aware that you have trauma because if you look from the outside, you're like my life's perfect. But, uh, and a lot of people that like don't have a great life, they are quite aware that their life isn't good and they, they can become more aware of like, this is fucked. Um, whereas when you're living a perfect life, going to private schools, you're like, nothing's wrong with me. Um, like the privilege thing and there's plenty of shit wrong with you. So, um, that was my childhood. Like it was pretty idyllic to be honest. Um, but there was plenty of daddy issues and plenty of money issues and plenty of feminine issues, plenty of period stuff and plenty of sex stuff, which is obviously now what I do. So yeah. Um, next question. Okay. Are you a really good, uh, character judge when meeting someone would love to get better at it? Yes. I've got a very strong intuition and I'm very good at getting the vibe from somebody even before we've met. Um, so I, I'm a very good judge of character just because it's like body language, it's manners, it's the little things, it's their energy that I like read off and it's my intuition's very, very strong. Um, okay. Next question. All right. I'm just going to answer this one and then I'm going to have dinner and finish the rest of this recording tomorrow. Um, so next question is, have you ever broken have you ever broken your bones? Well, I had a really bad ski accident and that was definitely a fucking broken bone to say the least. 
Um, you can look at that on my highlight reels on my Instagram story. Basically, a snowboarder hit me and I my ACL ripped off a chunk of my tibia. I had a torn ACE, uh, had a torn MCL, fluid pocket, enamel damage, and cartilage damage. I had to have seven and a half hour surgery, and then I had to have two more surgeries after that. So it was hectic. Um, anyway, and then I've also broken my toe, um, which is pretty common, and I've also broken two fingers. If you look on my Instagram story, you can see that one is like this one like doesn't sit. Hold on, let me just do this properly. It doesn't sit properly. It like sticks like that. Um, uh, what was I going to say? So I was texting and walking and I tripped and broke two fingers. That's just like a Monica thing to do. So they are my broken bones. Okay. So the next question is, um, what started you, what inspires you to start your business? So my business started really organically. It wasn't like anything. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I always, no, I definitely always knew I wanted to have my own business. Um, I've always wanted to be my own boss. I don't like other people telling me what to do. I am not, in case you guys haven't figured this one out, I am not a sheep. I'm not a follower. I'm a leader. I'm not a sheep. I'm the black shape. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. Anyway, I'm not, a, I'm not a follower. I'm a leader. Um, really always have been. I was always that girl at school that like would end up having to organize all these, like the group assessments, fucking hate a group assessments. Um, and whatnot, because like nobody else would just do it and just, it just naturally would always be like uh, energetically, I guess it was just like, people just knew I would handle it. So like, I was always the leader. I fucking hated that about, um, group assessments. Anyway. Um, so my business kind of started really naturally. I had, if any of you don't know, I had an Instagram, I had a, yeah, I had an Instagram that I started years ago and it started off with in my bowls. Fucking hated that name, but anyway. Um, and it was all like food blogging. Um, cause I quit sugar like five years ago and I was eating really healthy and just like, I mean, I ate the same way that I did back then to what I do now. Um, just like basically I was eating real food and I really got really educated on like, you know, healthy fats and like how sugar isn't good for you. And, um, and like that calorie counting isn't the answer for optimal health and like all that kind of stuff. Um, so I started with that and then it was really when I had my whole period debacle that I just like, I, I remember that I started to talk about periods on my Instagram story. Um, and people got really interested in it and then it kind of flowed from there and then it naturally just grew. Um, it honestly naturally just grew from there with what I was saying before about like, um, figuring out what the fuck was wrong with my period and then being that relationship and all that jazz. Um, so yeah, it actually just grew really, really naturally. It wasn't anything that inspired me to start my business. I've always wanted to kind of have my own business and it flowed really naturally. Um, it, it was definitely hard work. I will definitely say that. Um, it was not, it didn't just like happen overnight by any means. I don't want any of you ever thinking that like I did not get this successful overnight. It took a lot of work and then it kind of started snowballing. Um, and so yeah, that was kind of my, my, um, business. Okay. Um, next one, there are some fucking good ass bots in here. Okay. Um, next one. Um, okay. Next question. How did you get into into what you were doing study slash research your knowledge is incredible thank you um so yeah I got into it because um I started off on my own journey with like healthy eating and I was doing a lot of research about like healthy fats quitting sugar um you know, how we lived, how we lived in the primal days, like understanding caveman, um, stuff, understanding like the stress response, fight or flight, um, how, you know, we wouldn't just like find a pile of sugar in the wild, 
Um, you know, we wouldn't just eat a pile of bread in the wild and like processed foods and all that kind of stuff. So it actually happened really naturally. Um, in that regards, I just started studying a lot of it and I got like very, very fascinated with it all. Um, so it kind of flowed from there. And then I studied for two years to become a life coach. Um, and the stuff that I do now, like my life coaching degree gave me an amazing foundation and it gave me a lot of confidence because we had to do, we had to do so many practice hours. So I had a lot of practice hours and training before I actually started coaching clients. Um, but it, it did not teach me the stuff about feminine healing. It did not teach me about trauma release. It did not teach me about that stuff. Um, and that's why I created my own certification because there's no other certification out there that really teaches you that. Um, there's, there's nothing out there that really teaches you that. So, um, and I learned that all from my own journey. Honestly, guys, I think I've said this before. I like channel processes. It's fucking weird. I remember at my New York event in November, I channeled a process whilst I was there and all the ladies had their eyes closed. I can't remember which process it was, but I remember it coming through and being like, we're rolling with this. And I channeled it in that moment. Um, and so I channel a lot of processes and then they just like, they work. And then I'm like, there's a process. Um, I did one the other week actually with a client. Like, um, I did, I made up some weird fucking process and it just came through me when like we were doing some stuff and it worked a fucking charm. So there's another process. So a lot of them actually get channeled through me. Um, I've learned uh, processes from my own healing journey and I've learned um, a lot from reading and a lot from studying, but then a lot of it comes so naturally to me. I don't know where it comes from. Um, I believe that it comes from past lives and I believe that um, it comes from source. So it comes from the universe um, because, you know, if you look at my natal chart and I've been told a lot by psychics, but by also, um, you know, other intuitives and, um, and astrologers that I've been put here for my job and my main kind of purpose that whilst I'm here is trying to find the balance between my job and my personal life because my job is is this is it what's it, it basically lights up my soul and um it's always going to be a challenge to uh, have that balance because I will always prioritize my work um and I know with my feminine work that I have to prioritize my love and my love and relationships. And I've, I have actually learned that from not doing it in the past. So I do prioritize that now, but it never means that I could ever be someone that wouldn't work really hard or that doesn't want a lot of success, um, for other people. Like I really, it's my purpose to be here and heal. So, uh, I also believe that like, I'm really connected. I, I, I was actually put here as a very, very spiritual child. I've always been hella connected, not just with my knowing, but this has been told to me through my, through my natal chart and through psychics. Um, and I feel that, and, um, and my parents aren't, uh, they, they didn't grow up spiritual or anything. So it wasn't like I was born into it. It was definitely like my soul was put here for a reason. And I definitely had my upbringing for a reason. I had my parents for a reason, X, Y, and Z. Um, and like, it's a very clear reason when I went, when I look back at it, it makes like perfect sense. Um, and so I, I do believe that like, the universe channels a lot of stuff through me to you guys. Um, and like, I'm kind of like, I am their, I am their portal to channel these messages through to you. Um, so yeah, my parents, like my relationship with them growing up that caused my wounding, then caused my growth and then caused me to go on this path. So, um, for that question, read the wounding. I also believe like the feminine was really weak. I think I told you guys that, um, sorry, I've split this recording into two. So I actually can't remember what I said before, but in case, I, in case you didn't pick this up. So I thought the feminine was like weak and needy and lame. 
And I thought, and like overly emotional. And I thought that the masculine was like good and strong and like who I wanted to be because I wanted to be like my dad and I didn't want to be like my mom. Um, you know, my dad was the breadwinner. He was the one that worked hard. He was the one that like had the quote unquote ego success, right. In terms of like what society says it's success. And, um, I, you know, my mom's a cancer and I'm a Sagittarius. So generally she's a lot more emotional than I am, which is not a bad thing at all. Um, generally she's a not a lot more like lovey dovey than I am. Um, and she's the opposite to my dad. My dad's a Leo, right. And my mom's a cancer and they are like very clear. Leo is very clear. Like she's a very clear cancer and he's a very clear Leo. Um, and so I definitely saw like dad is better than mum, which obviously isn't the case. That's what I saw. And that created a fuck ton of wounding towards men and towards women and just towards the feminine and masculine within myself and caused me a lot of, um, I've had a lot of physical health issues. Actually, I haven't really had many mental health issues. Um, I had a lot of wounding, but like not like depression or anxiety, but I've had, I've been in hospital like 13 times. I think I counted. It wasn't seven. I think it was, might've been 13. Um, I've had a lot of physical, um, problems. Um, I've had a lot of operations. I've had a lot of anesthetic. Um, so yeah, I've like manifested my, my things physically was my thing. Um, okay. Next question. Um, so random, but what do you think about fake? Oh, tan. Hold on. I already answered that one. Um, okay. Next one. Okay. Do you know, oh, I love this. Do you know where in the world you will want to settle with the fam, etc.? So it's really interesting. Um, I've kind of toyed between a lot of different places. I'm actually in the process right now of giving up my Australian residency and it's like all the paperwork's being done. Um, I have no major interest in coming back to Australia to live there permanently. I'll obviously come back to visit, um, see my family for Christmas, X, Y, and Z, but I have no interest in actually living there. Um, at least not for the, you know, next six or seven years. Um, so there's no point, I don't want to be paying tax and everything there and having to vote. So, um, you know, it's really interesting. I definitely was toying between, um, America and Europe for raising a family, but since Corona, it really hit me of like how good Australia has it in terms of, um, there's a lot of space, a lot of outdoor space. <laughs> it's fucking cheap to live there. People think Australia is really expensive. I don't know where, what Australia they're living in. Australia is cheap as fucking chips. Um, so would not be saying that, um, you know, living in London, New York, Aspen, like Colorado, that's, that's called expensive. Um, Australia is not expensive according to when I, when I look at the amount of money that I spend in each city, it's definitely not the most expensive city by any means. Um, I, anyway, and, um, so yeah, I, I don't think that I will live in Australia, but I actually have really been considering and it's reflecting on like how good Australia is, um, to be living there, you know, kind of, if you're stuck somewhere, like if you need to be in a house a lot, like it is really nice. Um, I don't think I could raise a family in a tiny apartment. Um, I think it will actually just depend on, um, the relationship that I'm in and my work scenario and X, Y, and Z, my, my kind of plan for one of a better word, I'm very loose with plans. I, I let them flow. I trust but my intention is that by the time I have a family, um, my business will be so streamlined that it won't affect my business by any means. Um, and I have the intention of, and there's no shame in this. I have the intention of hiring like a house manager and a nanny, because I just, I know from like working with moms and I just know that like, if I was being drained all the time by my kids, I actually 
actually wouldn't be able to be the best mom. And I obviously know that I'd be in that financial situation to have that. And I'm really grateful for that, but I will definitely be hiring help um, because I am not fucking waking up at 3am every morning to deal with a kid. Like it's just not happening. And I really care about my, I will really care about my relationship with my husband. And I don't want to become like a cranky, cranky person, because I know that when I'm tired, I am a cranky fucking bitch. So I don't want to be that. Um, anyway, so my, I, you know, since being in London here, I've definitely realized London is a really, really nice place to live. Um, cause you're so close to everything in terms of traveling around Europe. Do I want to live in London? Uh, no, I don't think it's the right city for me. I do love it as a lot of nature and I love the men and the accents. I will say that fucking hate the weather. Um, but I'm definitely somebody that struggles with like really gloomy days. I love the, I love winter, but I like blue sky, snow outside kind of winter. I don't love, um, gloomy days, winter. Um, it's not a vibe. So especially when there's no snow outside anyway. Um, so, you know, I, I, I was meant to go living, I was meant to go live in Paris and I wanted to see whether I could, I wanted to see whether I would settle in Paris. My plan for this year was to figure out where the fuck I wanted to live. And that obviously hasn't really happened. Maybe it has in some roundabout way. Um, I know that I, I know that New York holds the most special place in my heart and the energy is like nothing else in the world. So I definitely see myself living in New York for like, you know, at least three to six months out of the year, not in summertime, fucking hate that shit. But in winter, yes. Um, another possibility would be living somewhere in Colorado in the mountains. I love the mountains, but I actually have a very funny feeling I'm going to end up in Europe. Um, I realized with Corona, like that travel aspect is so important for me. Being able to get away for the weekend, being able to like, you know, fly to Italy or go to Ibiza or go to Greece is like a luxury. And it's one that makes me feel fucking amazing. Um, and I, that's really important to me. So I actually, you know, I had a session with, um, one of my coaches and I actually have this very funny feeling, which is bizarre, but I have a very funny feeling I'm going to end up buying a house like in Ibiza or like somewhere hot, um, and like dry heat, but like somewhere like warm and beachy. Um, or I'll end up buying somewhere like in the Alps where the summer is beautiful and the winter is beautiful. And I can then travel, um, around Europe when I want to. So stay tuned basically. But yeah, it would definitely be either like somewhere, it'd either be like, um, somewhere near like Paris kind of time or spread about there, Switzerland Alps kind of area. Um, like chance of London, but like I, I doubt it. I don't want to get a British accent. I like my Australian accent. Um, and I don't want to be living in London, London. I just, I don't, I don't think it's the city for me, um, with the weather stuff. Um, would love to live in Paris, but I haven't lived there yet. So maybe I would enjoy, wouldn't enjoy living in Paris. And I know that I want to live in New York. Um, but again, I want to have like a really nice place to live there because I do not want to be in a cooped up apartment living in New York. That is not a vibe. You want to do New York bougie vibes. Um, okay. So next question, what is a typical day of eating? I've done that one. Alcohol. Um, do you like fashion? Yes, I do like fashion. But actually, if anyone that doesn't know, I, I think I said this actually to you guys earlier, but I'm actually a really good sewer. And, um, I used to like, I've done so many internships with wedding, with wedding designers, like wedding dress designers. I made like all my formal gowns. I like hand beaded my formal gowns. Um, yeah, like I used to sew so much and that was going to be like, where I went into. Um, so I'm actually quite, I don't know how good I am right now. I haven't sewed for a few years, but, um, I, I'm sure it's like picking up like a bicycle again. Um, I love sewing and I love fashion. Um, I'm like a very simple fashion person though. I don't spend days like 
looking at fashion magazines anymore. I definitely used to, but I do love some nice outfits and I do have like a very, um, people have always kind of commented on my style, um, from like a young age, not, not my tracky style, but, um, I just have like a very simple style and I quite like that. I'm a very like simple, um, basic kind of girl. Um, my attitude isn't basic, but my style is, um, What's the next question? Okay, I'm just trying to like filter through fucking bots. Um, next question. What were you like in high school? Um, so I went to well, I went to three different schools. So um I went to a school in New York and then I went to a school in Sydney and I went to school in Melbourne. So my school in Sydney, um, I had some really great friends there and um you know, year nine, I remember year nine being quite bitchy and quite hard. Um, I think a lot of girls have year nine as that really bitchy. Everyone's getting fucking hormonal. Um, so year nine was a really hard year. I remember that. I actually don't remember why, um, but I do remember feeling quite alone in year nine. Um, it, you know, I don't hold it against my friends or anything or any girls back then where, you know, it's just the usual year nine bitchiness, but I'm actually still friends with those girls from school from Sydney. Um, you know, I saw them a little bit when I was living in Sydney. Um, they follow me on Instagram. Like I occasionally message them. They occasionally message me. Um, you know, if I have a big wedding, they'll totally be invited, that kind of stuff. Um, we don't text on a regular basis, but we're not we don't also, we don't also avoid each other. Um, what was I like in high school? So I was, um, I was, I've always been very loud. Uh, everyone always knew me in the year. Everyone knew my name. Um, I went to a schools that had around about hundred girls in a year. So hundred girls in a grade. So it wasn't like people didn't know each other. Um, I was always the very loud, confident one. Um, and I was also, I often like, I was very involved in like drama and stuff. And I like directed a few of like the, the plays and the musicals and like created them. What was the one in like year nine? And we did like an end of year nine show and I like directed it. It was so much fucking fun. Oh my God. Um, and uh, I can't remember what it was. It was about that girl that had that true story of that girl that got bitten by a shark and she lost half her arm. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, um, so I was always like definitely more of the leader, like I was saying before, in terms of aspects. Um, I wasn't a bitch at school um, and I wasn't necessarily like the quote unquote cool popular girl. Um, I Everybody knew me and I would say that I was popular in terms of people knew me, but I wasn't that cool, popular girl. Um, but I also ne ne never, never really wanted to be here. I didn't really resonate with that. Um, honestly, like, I just feel like it was just fake and fuck keeping up with that shit. Like, I mean, you guys know I'm so authentic. I could not keep up like a fucking perfect image for all the boys and for all that jazz and like going to a million parties and whatnot. I was, yeah, I couldn't fucking do that. Like saves. Um, so that's kind of what I was in school when I was, when I went to my school in Melbourne at Loretto, um, you guys would have seen, I did that amazing Instagram live, go watch it about bitchiness and how, um, I've, you know, a lot of the girls at Loretto, they, they watch all of my Instagram stories, but they don't follow me. It's very obvious. They send my shit around and like, I don't really give a shit. Um, until a mum actually sent me a message, but she meant to send it to somebody else. Um, you can look at it on my Instagram and, um, and that was just quite entertaining and actually just fucking depressing that a mom is bitching about a girl. It's like her daughter's age. Um, and so that kind of just stirred me to be like, okay, this is unacceptable. So I just did a little, a, a delicious rant on my IGTV, um, about sisterhood wounding and like all that kind of stuff. So go listen to that. So I'm not friends with any girls from Loretto anymore, bar one. Um, we caught up again, we rekindled, um, 
in New York. Um, we weren't like best, best friends at school, but we also weren't like mean to each other. You know, we invited each other to each other's parties. We were like, you know, we were friends, but we didn't necessarily sit together every day. Um, and I kind of hate how you have like groups and everything. I think it's so like just not a vibe anyway. Um, and so like, she was actually one of the girls at school that I remember thinking like, if anybody ever like reached out or if I was to ever speak to someone again, like it'd be her. Like she was again, very authentic, very herself. Um, and really, really nice to everybody. Every single person in the year group, she was so nice to, um, she never put out the perception that she was better than anything than anybody else, anything like that. Um, so we rekindled our relationship in New York when I was living there, um, this year and end of last year. And that's been really beautiful. So I'm friends with her, but I'm not friends with any other girls from Loretto. Um, when I was at Loretto, it was the same kind of thing as, as Abbotsley. I mean, like I went to um, my Sydney, my school in Sydney was Abbotsley. Um, I, you know, went, I, I was, you know, everybody knew me in, in, in the grade. I wasn't the most popular girl, um, but I also wasn't, um, I wasn't, I wasn't unknown if I don't know how to say it. It's like, it wasn't unknown. Um, you know, like I went to parties, I did all the drinking, um, all the partying, all the sleeping with the boys and all that jazz. I did all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, I guess I was just like a normal, I would classify that as like your average, normal blonde haired teenage girl in year 11 and 12. Think of the classic party animal girl with blonde hair dancing on a table with a bottle of vodka in her hand. That was me basically. Um, so yeah, that was my, that was me at school. Um, okay. Next question. Um, how did you overcome amenorrhea? Um, I should do a podcast on this. I basically have kind of a podcast on this on my about me episode. So for me, and it's really funny, my sister's going through something similar at the moment. When I came off the pill, basically my body stopped making estrogen and progesterone. And, um, that was what caused the amenorrhea was my body stopped making hormones and in order for me to get my hormones back and forget to get my body back and I was losing like my boobs my ass I lost so much weight without trying and it was because um I didn't have a cycle and my body wasn't actually like functioning like it was breaking down um and so and I wasn't intending it for it to so once I eventually got my um hormones back on track then everything balanced out again um and nothing changed in terms of my exercise or my eating literally it was just that I actually had to get my hormones back on track so this that's just like proof in the pudding of like your hormones play such a big role in like your weight um and whether you're losing weight or gaining weight x y and z um so don't just look at your food guys also look at your hormones okay um what inspired you to get into the field of work that you're in like i've said it was kind of like a very natural flow um and then i would say my own journey is what inspired me to get into the field of work that i'm in realizing how much i was emasculating men how horrible i was to men how my masculine i was and how being in my feminine um gave me this whole new sense of like inner freedom and peace that i'd never actually experienced before and and it just made life so fucking easy and it made being in relationships so much easier. It made being vulnerable so much easier. It made talking to men so much easier. I wasn't in my head as much. It made doing business so much easier. Everything just became easier from being in my feminine. And I would say that is what like led me to really want to do this for other women and like help other women as well and be that inspiration for people. Um, okay. Next question. Um, do you have a fear of rejection? So I don't have a fear of rejection because I don't reject myself. And that's like the key thing. So if you have fears of rejection or if you're worried about somebody rejecting you, it's because like you don't value yourself or you 
are rejecting yourself. So like, obviously there's relationships where it's like, I don't want them to end, but I'm not afraid of being rejected because like, I don't want to be with someone that doesn't want to be with me. And if I don't reject myself, I don't see them as rejecting me. I see them actually as respecting me and being like, Hey, I'm no longer interested or this relationship no longer serves me. And that's a sign of respect to the other person by sharing that instead of just like, um, assuming instead of just like ghosting them or, um, quote unquote rejecting them like I don't see rejection as like what a lot of people see rejection as I see rejection as redirection um and I don't reject myself and if I don't reject myself then nobody else can actually reject me it's like I don't judge myself so nobody else actually nobody else's judgments affect me because I don't judge myself um how many tattoos do you have I have three tattoos I've got three tattoos I guess think there for a second um I know what I want my fourth to be though and then I think I'll be done lol it becomes an addiction um my first tattoo was my snowflake on my wrist which happened I got after my ski accident as a reminder of everything that I learned and then my second one is on my ribs and it's really fine writing um and that was my word for 2019 that stuck with me really hard and it's my word for kind of like life the words trust um also please don't go copy these tattoos because that'd be fucking weird in the same places sometimes people ask me of like where did you get your tattoo done and what did you get done? And I'm like, that's a bit creepy if you're wanting the same thing. Like, please don't do that. That's a bit weird. Um, I understand that it might like they'll they might look sexy, but like I but I really believe like you should get tattoos. Like if you actually want them for art, then go for it. But like the art should still mean something to you, and like probably it should be your own art, like your own idea, not somebody else's. And also, um, for me, I like tattoos to have a meaning. So don't just get a tattoo of someone else. If you like tattoos to have a meaning, then I wouldn't try and make a meaning out of a tattoo. I would find the meaning and then find, and I, I'd get the meaning and then find the tattoo. So like for me, I had all of the meanings before I got a tattoo um, for all of them. I didn't create the meaning after. Um, so ribs is trust, which is my word of 2019 and like my word for really life, to be honest, because um, I, I'm always just like trust, trust, trust. Um, and then my, um, my third one is on the left side of my bikini line. Um, and it's a flame and that means fiery feminine because the left side of your body is the feminine and I'm very fiery and I'm a Sag. Um, and that's that one. Um, what inspires you to follow your dreams? Oh, I love this question. People ask me like, who's your inspiration? Honestly, guys, I don't have a person that's my inspiration. I actually see my future self as my inspiration. Like I am my own inspiration because I'm not trying to be anybody else. I'm actually just trying to achieve my goals and my aspirations and my desires. And I've got those things in mind that I want to manifest and they inspire me every day. Um, and you guys inspire me and my, my own work inspires me, my own transformation that I am able to, sorry, the transformation that I'm, that I'm able to guide my clients through is what actually inspires me. Um, yeah. Um, next question. Are you a natural blonde? I am a natural blonde. I, I would say that I'm more mousy. Um, I was like bleached blonde when I was younger. Generally speaking, my roots are always quite like dark and then my actual hair is always quite light and I lighten up a lot in summer and then I get dark in winter. I've got like very natural highlights and whatnot. Um, but I'm naturally a very, very golden blonde and golden blonde just actually doesn't make me look very good with my eyebrows for some reason. Having a little bit more of like a buttery undertone, I don't know, for some reason it works a lot better with my eyebrows. So I get that done at the hairdressers, but I am a natural blonde. Um, okay. Are there any other questions? Um, thank oh, you guys just written some beautiful feedback. Um, I would love to know where you did your learning to heal, especially womb clearing activation. Oh, I've already kind of answered that. Um, how'd you become a life coach? I've answered that. I think I've, there's quite a few double ups, which is great. 
Um, anything else? What's the perfect day for you? I think I've answered these things. It's actually, I think I said at the beginning, I don't have a perfect day. Every day is honestly different. Like, I guess if I had to choose like my perfect day, I mean, honestly, guys, I have too many moods. I would not know my perfect day. Like one perfect day would be like waking up and it's snowing and then having breakfast in bed and reading by the fire and going skiing and then having our praise. But then another perfect day would be like waking up at the beach. And then another perfect day would be like staying in bed in a sexy ass hotel in Paris, having sex all day. Like, I don't honestly don't know because I have too many fucking versions of me. Um, how are you so productive every day? I'm not that productive every day. I'm generally pretty productive every day. Um, I have, I'm really good at discipline. If you struggle, if you struggle with discipline, it's because you have a wound with the masculine energy. Um, I'm really good with discipline and I honestly just like shut the fuck up and get shit done. Um, you could ask Shelby though. I definitely take my fucking sweet ass time with some things, but there are some things where I'm just like, no, I will feel so much better when this is fucking done. So I just like get in and do it. Like right now it's like 10 30 and I'm finishing recording this podcast. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, it's going to feel so good when this podcast is done so that it's free tomorrow. And then tomorrow night, um, when I'm with a friend, I can like actually fucking be present and not being worried about my work. Um, okay. Uh, what else? I'm just trying to like filter through some of these. I don't want to make the episode too long. How long was it? Yeah, 55 minutes. Okay. Um, let me just filter through. How did you become such a confident speaker? You speak very beautifully and mature. Oh God. I don't know. Practice. Don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm naturally a very fucking good speaker. My dad is an incredible speaker. Oh, I would also actually say I listen to myself a lot. Um, and I watch my own stuff back and listen to my own stuff back. And that teaches me a lot with like what to improve on. Like stop saying, um, okay. I always say, okay. Or like I've learned to like stop saying certain things because I would like catch myself. Um, or I've learned to like talk a little bit more slowly sometimes because I'll catch myself like mumbling. Um, what else? What else? Um, what did you do to gain some weight? You look beautiful. Oh, so like I said before, so when I was really, really, really skinny, I was like disgustingly skinny guys. Like as my mom used to say, you could drive a fucking, drive a fucking truck through my, through my thigh gap, um, which isn't normal for our family. We're a family. Us ladies are a family of curves. We all have the most delicious booties and we all have tits. Um, and we've all got hips and that's, I love it. Like I, I fucking love it. And I, I have to say, I definitely, I definitely feel a lot sexier in this body than, um, the body when I was like skin and bones. So like I said before, when I was skin and bones, it was not an eating disorder. It was not an intentional thing. Um, I was eating pretty much the exact same that I was now. I was exercising, I would say like less, I was doing a lot more like cardio, like I'd walk every day. Um, and I had a hospitality job, um, for most of it. So I was on my, uh, legs a lot, but like, it was actually a hormonal thing. So like I said before, my body was making no estrogen and estrogen is, um, like what it, it's fat. Estrogen is fat. Right. And so if you've got no fat in your body, you're not going to make any estrogen and vice versa. Um, and you're not gonna have boobs and a bum and hips and all that jazz. So, um, yeah, it wasn't like an intentional thing. Like I honestly would eat more than my fucking dad sometimes. It was actually just that the pill fucked me so badly that my body wasn't producing any hormones. And then, um, I lost a shit ton of weight without even trying. And I also lost my libido and everything else to go with it. And my tits and I fucking love my boobs. Um, my, my D boobs, they're beautiful. Okay. Um, what else? Which educations? I've already done that. Um, uh, at what point in your life did you find out that you're a witch? 
I would have said like end of last year, I found out. Um, and yeah, I've actually just gotten more and more into my witchiness. I've always known that I was like a little bit left of center though. I've always known I was the black sheep, um, but I really came into it. I would say end of last year. Would love to know your opinion on vaccinations. Oh God. I honestly don't really have an opinion. Um, do I think that it's great to be like shoving, shoving fucking random shit in your body? Like no. Um, but it's not something that I honestly dwell on. I don't, I don't really, I don't really do research on it. I mean, honestly, guys, you could find a fucking ant, like you could find research to back anything that you fucking wanted. Um, I so know that there are so many scenarios of vaccines going super wrong, but I also know that vaccines have saved a lot of lives. Um, so do I want like a chip in my body right now? Um, with this whole, like, with all these conspiracies going around. No, but, um, I'm also not going to waste my energy dwelling on it because I really do not believe it's going to happen. Like, I just don't believe that the universe and that the, um, that the supernatural world is actually going to let it like, I, that's why I'm not worried about it because I just, in my gut and in my soul and my pussy and in every other, in, every other intuitive that I've spoken to is the same of like, it's not going to happen. Like the universe, like, like the, the spiritual beings will not let it happen. And if you don't understand what I mean, don't worry about it. Um, what makes you laugh the most? Honestly, I'm a sarcastic person. I would say sarcasm. I'm, I don't understand jokes, but like sarcasm or like people doing dumb shit, basically me then I, that makes me laugh. I laugh at myself. I think I'm so fucking weird sometimes. And I do like the dumbest shit, but I don't mean it to be dumb or I say really dumb shit and I don't mean it to be dumb. What languages do you speak? Oh, I wish I spoke languages. I speak English and that's it. I was moving to Paris to learn French and that obviously hasn't fucking happened. Um, and I really, really, really want to learn French. I really want my kids to be able to learn two languages. When I was at school, I learned French. I learned German. I learned a little bit of Spanish. I learned Japanese. And I, like, got good at them when I was doing them. Um, I actually pick up French pretty easily when I'm there because I've been to Paris a few times. But um, I don't know it fluently. My sister does, though. My sister's very good at speaking French. Um, okay. Any? That's it. I think that's everything. Oh, I love doing that, guys. I'm happy to do them whenever you want. So let me know if you want more of them and I can do more of them. But I hope that answers some of your questions about moi. I'm going to head off to bed now. Actually, I need to do my client notes and I'll head off to bed. Um, yeah, I hope you I hope you guys got to know me a little bit better and, um, and whatnot. What was I going to say? So MMM level two is open. Um, and this is, if you've already done the mastermind, if you've already done Queen Alchemy or Bad Bite, it's a whole other level to it. So if you haven't done level one, I would recommend doing that unless you already have like a very good foundation with money and manifestation, then you don't need to do level one. Um, level two is like that next level. So I would definitely do level one if you haven't already. Um, otherwise, I will see you in level two. Make sure that you join us because we're going to do a free, like, so not a free, a complimentary um, Zoom live Q&A call in June, um, which will be so fucking delicious. So make sure you join us for the, um, for the, for this round. Otherwise, if you miss out, you miss out. Um, it's so fucking packed with vibes. Like the energetics is amazing. Um, and it's really high vibe. And there's like a shit ton on soulmates, um, on attracting in your soulmate of like my story with my soulmate and, um, and like a beautiful practice, a beautiful guided practice to also call him or her in. Okay. So any questions, DM me, um, as per usual, you can go to my, you can go to my website and check anything else out. And, um, I'll speak to you all soon. Bye.
Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you got lots of chicken nuggets out of today's episode. I would be really, really grateful if you'd be able to leave me a review and a star rating that you think is appropriate, hopefully five. And if you could share this podcast so that I can help more women live a life of flow and ease, I would be so fucking grateful. Make sure you tag me in it on Instagram so I can personally thank you because I know so many of my clients have found me literally because their friends have posted about my podcast on their Instagram story. And I just want to help as many women as possible. So by you sharing it, I would be so fucking grateful. And I'm sure your friends would be too. If you do want to welcome me, please do check out my website for all those details. And of course, you can DM me on Instagram with any other questions. If you have any podcast things you want me to talk about, any ideas, any feedback, I am always open to it. And I always love hearing what you guys have to say. So please don't hesitate about that either. I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are. 